put these on the website. Um, why don't we just start with a brief word of prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for all the little children, and we know how you regard children in your kingdom. You say, to such belongs the kingdom of God, and so we're not to set them apart, but to try to include them as much as we can. Help us in all of this. Help the children to understand, and would you give them faith and a better ability to express that faith. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I am teaching out of a little study called Confessing Christ by Cal Knox Cummings, who was actually the first minister of this church. If you can, This still seems like it's really loud, is it? Or am I just right under a microphone? Uh, it's a very strange experience. Okay, if it's not too loud, we'll just keep going. Um, so uh, there are six chapters in the book, and I am going to just teach through that in my own way. Uh, these are available for the parents uh, or even for the kids if you want it. So there's some at the back, and we have more as well. So... Uh, a communicants class is a class that teaches you to profess your faith, okay? So there's, there's a simple, uh, I know my sermons are hard, kids, I get that. Uh, my sermons are more aimed at the adults, and that's by design, but my teaching will not be as hard as my sermons, I promise you that. And, and listen, if you just get a little bit out of each sermon, you're doing great. You're doing as well as the adults, that's a secret, don't tell them that, but, uh, it, but it's the truth. Uh, so... Um, but, but this will be really, really simple, okay? And I'm going to speak to you as children. It would be very condescending to the adults if I preached on this level, though. I hope you understand that, even though a lot of preaching today is, <laughs> is just like that. Uh, I don't think that's right. So, uh, but I'm speaking to you as children, and feel free to speak to me uh, as well if you have a question. But it's one thing to have faith, saving faith in Jesus Christ, but that's enough to be in the kingdom of God. But you need to do something a little bit more to be a member of the church, a full member of the church. And that is you have to be able to say it. You have to be able to confess it. So you might have faith in Jesus in your heart, but say, I'm not ready to go meet with the elders and stand in front of the church and say it. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still young. And that's OK. This is a chance to teach you to say it. OK, it's called professing or confessing Christ. And that's what this book is called, Confessing Christ. So I'm helping the little ones to confess Christ so that when you're ready, when you say, I believe in Jesus, I believe he is my savior. I want to uh, be a full member of the church. If you're baptized, you're kind of a partial member of the church. But I want to take communion and be a full member. You say that to your parents. You're going to have to meet with the elders and you're going to have to tell them that you know Jesus. Okay? Let me ask you this question. Uh... That we've already lost three minutes. This is not fair. The time is going too quickly. What is a Christian? Can anyone answer that? Very, very, very simply. Because only Christians can be members of a church. What is your answer, Duncan? A Christian is someone who in Jesus. That's right. That's exactly right. Someone who believes in Jesus. Okay. Or my answer is, that's a great answer, someone who accepts or confesses Jesus as Lord and Savior. And it says in Romans chapter 10... If you, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, see, it's those two things. You might believe in your heart, but you still need to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, then uh, you will be saved. That is, you'll be in the kingdom of God. Uh, you will go to heaven, but you also want to join the church at that point, and that's part of the confessing with your mouth. Jesus is not very impressed with the person who says, I'm going to believe in him privately, but I don't want to confess it because I don't want anyone to think I'm a Christian. That's not good either. But I understand some children say, 
I'm not sure I'm ready. And that's also fine. We're not rushing anyone. We're just trying to teach you. A Christian is someone who believes in Jesus or accepts and confesses him as Lord and Savior. In other words, another way to put that is a Christian is a disciple. And what is a disciple? Can anyone tell me that? Yes, Grace. Well, who is that teacher? So someone who follows Jesus. And he's our teacher, right? You say, I'm a disciple of Jesus. That means I follow Jesus. I don't follow the world. I follow Jesus. Okay. That's a good answer. That's the correct answer. I have another question. How can we know Jesus? By going on a walk in the woods and trying to find him there? Uh, Lincoln. That's it. The Bible. The first lesson is the Bible. Although, again... No, we're still okay. No, we're at 10 minutes now. This is not right. I should have never promised 15 minutes. I'm turning this off. This is a complete joke. I can't do this in 15 minutes. Maybe 20. All right. Um, So that's way too much pressure. I'm like rushing through this lesson. So we know him in the Bible. In other words, if a Christian is someone who follows Jesus and learns from Jesus, where can we know Jesus and learn from him? The answer is the Bible. Um, and so the disciples, his first disciples wrote the New Testament, didn't they? Is there another word for those men? Can anyone tell me? Lily? Mm-hmm. The apostles wrote the New Testament. They were the first followers of Jesus. Was there anyone in the Godhead who helped them to write it? Can anyone answer that one? See, this gets pretty theological, kids. I mean, look at the five membership vows. They're pretty theological. William? Duncan? Jesus? No. Lily? The Holy Spirit helped them to write the Bible. Uh, he inspired them. We call it the inspired word of God. So the Holy Spirit helped those men write the New Testament so they could tell us about Jesus. And so they would be protected from writing any errors down. So we call it inerrant. It's the inerrant word of God or the infallible word of God. It has no errors. The Holy Spirit helped them. They wrote the Bible. We learn about Jesus from the Bible. So if you want to know Jesus... In such a way that you can be his disciple, but even know him so well that you can confess him. What should you be doing? Nope. Reading your Bible. So I hope each of you have a Bible and you read it. Now, I just gave away my conclusion. The big conclusion is read your Bibles, children. The point is, how can we know Jesus? The answer is in the Bible. Okay. Let me ask you another question. Not you three anymore. All right. Somebody else has to answer this. What about you two? What is the Bible? Can you answer that? That's it. That's the exact answer I was looking for. The Bible is the word of God. Does that mean every single word and every single letter is God's word? Yes. Now, why? Remember, what did I say? Men wrote it. But who was it who inspired them as they wrote it? The Holy Spirit. That's it. So it's God's word through men. It's God's word through men. And so Paul might have written the the Roman letter, but he did so under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so it's, it's actually the word of God and the word of Paul. But in that, which is more important, the word of Paul or the word of God? The word of God. That's right. And so we should read it and we should esteem it as God's word, shouldn't we? Okay, I have another question. This is a tough one. But this is where your faith will get tested as a young believer. And you'll grow up to be an adult and you'll really begin to question the Bible. How do we know it's the Word of God? Vinny? A 
Okay, because it says so. Because it says so. That's one answer. And that, that's correct. That's one of two answers you could give. It's the word of God because it says so. However, there are other books that also say the same thing. Okay, and this is where you're going to grow up and say, hmm, how do I know this is the only way? What about the Muslims? What about the Buddhists? What about the Mormons? And so on. So there, this is an argument that's a brain teaser. It's going gonna, it's gonna to give you a headache if you think about it too hard. But it's an important answer. Do you know why the Bible is the word of God? Because it says so, Lincoln. Well, that's true. And that gets at the answer I'm looking for. Uh, I, maybe I, for the sake of the recording, I need, to, I need to restate it. All of the religions are man-made, he says. It is, okay, listen to this argument. And this is what you actually find in the confessional statement. It is the word of God. We believe it's the word of God because it is the word of God. Okay? It is the word of God because it's the word of God. Let me read what the confession says. It says, The authority of Holy Scripture, for which it ought to be believed and obeyed, depends not upon the testimony of any man or the church. So it's not because I told you it's the word of God. It's not because your parents told you it's the word of God. That doesn't make it the word of God. But wholly upon God, who is truth itself, the author thereof, and therefore it is to be received because it is the word of God. In other words, if you think of it like this, if God spoke to you from heaven, which is what this is, would he need to prove to you that he was speaking? No, he wouldn't. Uh, For God to speak carries with it all of the authority of who he is. Now, I'm telling you, this is a difficult one. (laughs) But you can just hold, you can hang on to this one. It, It is to be believed as the word of God because it's the word of God. Is there any higher authority than God? No. So, for God to speak, it carries with it that highest authority, doesn't it? Can God appeal to a higher authority to prove that his word is true? He can't. He's already the highest authority. And the amazing thing you discover, because you say, well, I don't, I'll be honest with you, Pastor. In my heart of hearts, I don't really know if that's true. Do you have any idea how you can discover that's true? That God is speaking in the Bible? It's so simple. Duncan? Right? But how do we discover that grace? Prayer is one answer. There's even a simpler answer. Lincoln, you've got to read it. And the amazing thing that happens when you read it is you say, I hear God's voice. God is speaking in his word. Uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 3, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts in unbelief. He is speaking. And you pray for ears to hear. That's your answer, Grace. Because Jesus said, not everyone has ears to hear. He came, he was speaking the word of God because he was God, but not everyone received his message. You pray to God, give me ears to hear and eyes to see. The amazing thing is you'll say, this is God's word. I don't need any professor. I don't need my pastor. I don't need my parents. I don't need anyone to persuade it because God himself has persuaded me. Do you understand the argument? It's a a simple argument. You'll spend all your life unfolding that one. (laughs) It's the word of God because it's the word of God. That's how we know. It doesn't depend on any other authority. Again, you could go to the most sophisticated seminary in the world and I, I did. It didn't persuade me one whit that this was the word of God any more than I was already persuaded. So that's a matter of your own faith. You have to have faith and you have to ask God to give you faith. And the amazing thing you will see is that this is the word of God. What does Jesus say about his sheep in John chapter 10? I actually said in the sermon. They know my voice. 
When Jesus speaks, the disciple hears his voice and they say, that's my master's voice. We hear his voice in scripture. Let me ask you this. I am almost done, so maybe I would have finished in 15 minutes. Why do so many not believe the Bible? That's one answer. Uh, yeah, Duncan. Well, that's it. They have hard hearts. And it's the same thing you said. They don't have ears to hear. God is speaking, and it's just words to them. Just words. And if you talk to an unbeliever, that's all the Bible is. It's just words. Amazingly, though, ask them, have you really read it? And most of the times they say no. All right. That, that really is, I, believe it or not, I, I wish I'd kept the time going because that really is the lesson. Let me conclude it, okay? The importance of the Bible. All right, that's it. In the Bible, there were two big things that I said. What was the first one? In the Bible, we learn about Jesus. And why is that important? Because a Christian is someone who, don't answer it this time, Duncan. A Christian is someone who, uh, James. That's right. So, uh, And then the second thing I said was, hmm, now I've lost my train of thought. So we learn about Jesus in the Bible. Uh, well, okay, I've lost my train of thought there. That's okay. Um, the big takeaway then, if a Christian is someone, maybe this was it, I'm not sure. A Christian is someone who believes in Jesus and we learn about Jesus in the Bible. A Christian is also someone who, can someone finish that sentence? Yes, but take the train of thought all the way, Vinny. Well, that was the first one. But if we learn about, a Christian is someone who reads his Bible, okay? Don't tell me you're a Christian if you don't read your Bible. That's what I'm actually saying here, okay? Read your Bible, because I'm not just saying that's what a good Christian does. I'm saying that's what a Christian does. So one of the things that you probably should demonstrate to the elders when you're ready to confess faith is that, I listen, I believe this is the Word of God. That's the first question, Uh that the Bible is the Word of God in our in our confessional or our um, our five membership vows. Hold on, uh, that's the first question. If you can't say that, that I believe that this is God's Word, and I desire for God to speak to me, uh, and I and we'll ask you, well, do you read it? If you say no to that, it's probably not time to join the church yet. But if you grow to love God's Word, and you read God's Word, and you even here's an amazing thing. This will really blow your mind. You'll even start to enjoy preaching. I know that's hard to believe, but it's really true. If you love God's word, you will even love the preaching. And you'll get annoyed with people who don't preach the Bible. They stand up there and just tell stories. You'll say, I don't care about your stories. Give me this. That's what a Christian is. Someone who loves to hear God's voice. My sheep know my voice. So that's the first big essential thing for a Christian. Someone who wants to join the church is to demonstrate I really do believe this. God has opened my eyes and I see clearly that this is his word. And I love it so much that I love to read it and I even love the preaching. That's a tough one. I get it. Uh, but, you know, I'm not, you don't necessarily have to say you love the preaching. I'm just telling you, the love of God will become the, the most dominant force in your life. Nothing will be so important to you. The world will say, this is the important thing. And you'll say, no, it isn't. The really important thing is what God says in his word. And that will take you through the whole of your life. It will take you through your childhood. It will take you through college. If you go to college where the professors are saying other things, it will take you all the way to the end. This really is the word of God. So children, read your Bibles. That's number one. You have to start there. If you start anywhere else, you're going to fall flat on your face.
Again, that's the, that's the first question. I wish I had them with me. Actually, I do. They're in here. Um, if I can find it. No, that's the confession. Give me one second. Let me read the first question that we will ask you when you join the church. Do you believe the Bible consisting of the Old and New Testaments to be the Word of God and its doctrine of salvation to be the perfect and only true doctrine of salvation? Do you believe the Bible to be the Word of God, number one? And number two, do you believe that it tells us how to be saved? And you can't find that knowledge anywhere else. If you, that's, that's only the first of five questions. So that's where we have to begin. Are there any questions? It's pretty straightforward. Yes. Well, I did say that. I don't know where that fits in because I kind of lost my train of thought. But a disciple is someone who wants to learn from Jesus. And this is where we learn from Jesus. Because he's not here. He's in heaven, isn't he? So we can't sit at his feet like the apostles. But we can sit at his feet here in the Bible. All right. That's it. We're going to keep these really simple, kids. So you tell me if this is too hard to understand. But I think I, think I'm do- I, I, think I did a good job that first one in keeping it simple. So, all right. Good. Thank you for the thumbs up, Ellie. All right. Let's pray one more time. God... Help us all to have faith. Help us to learn what it is to confess our faith. The first thing being, I believe the Bible is the word of God. And let that be a true belief in each of these kids' hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.